Greetings! My name is Alana Lewandowski, and I am a contemplative roots songwriter and recording artist from Treaty 2 territory in Manitoba, Canada. You're currently listening to Sunday Song and Rumination, a radio and podcast show that features some of my musings and music. Every Sunday, you will get to tune in, and you can even leave me an audio message here, which may end up on a future show. To learn more about me and my music, you can go to my website, I'm over on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the streaming platforms and more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Greetings. Well, um, this is going to go out on my podcast, my little radio show, but I thought I would also shoot some video today. Um, I am currently sitting in my brand new study. It's not all moved in, so there's a kind of an echo in here because not all the stuff is in here yet. Um, there will be costumes in here, um, stored in here for my music videos and what you see behind me is um, actually only books associated uh, with research for next year's album. It is a very deep dive um, that, uh, it, to me, has been a long time coming. I've been speaking about a number of elements that will be a part of the album for a number of years now. And um, it's Pentecost Sunday today. And um, I am sitting on Treaty 2 territory of the Anishinaabe people. And um, I'm next to a national park. And, um, and I wanted to... Um, what I wanted to do today was um, kind of refresh a little bit or review some of the things that I've talked about over the years and play a couple of songs. I mean, it's all going to be... Uh, the songs aren't going to be on next year's album. They'll actually be on this year's um, liturgical album. Um, and these two songs, um, I didn't get them, um, the recordings of them finished for today um, like I wanted to because we're moving. But these two songs um, will be on the liturgical album that is going to be released on All Hallows Day this year. Um, but mostly what I'll be talking about today um, has to do with next year's album and the preparation um, that I am doing for, for that project. And part of the preparation is um, some of the stuff that I spoke about um, a couple of years ago already, which is the research that I was doing um, around uh, why Jesus moved um, to uh, situated himself um, around the Sea of Galilee and what was happening at that time, how um, Herod Antipas had um, turned uh, the Sea of Galilee in, into a commercial fishery and renamed it after Caesar. Um, <clears throat> and so it was called Lake Tiberius and uh, the commercial fishery was Tiberius as well. And all of, of Jesus' closest friends just so happened, well, most of them anyway, just so happened to be uh, local fisher folk um, that uh, drew their livelihoods and survival from, uh, from the Sea of Galilee. 
And, um, and once I, once I learned that, and also within the context of, um, running a farm in a, uh, as much as we are able, because we have an incredibly limited budget, but, um, we work on a daily basis toward, um, restoring, um, this area that we, this little patch anyway, into a kind of biosphere. And we have noticed, um, uh, the populations of insects and birds in particular, um, really enjoy being here. Um, so within the context of, um, of regenerative agriculture or that idea, um, where one plus one equals more usually than three, um, and, and sitting inside of the truth of abundance, over the lie of scarcity, which we know Walter Brueggemann speaks about um, clearly, um, and also Cynthia Bourgeau speaks about it in the sense that when Jesus left the desert after the 40 days, he comes out um, not preserving his energy, but quote-unquote squandering himself, as though it was an unlimited source um, coming from the very like dawn of, of everything. And, um, and so, um, when he does his miracle with the fish, it is a a clear statement, um, that, uh, about whose lake, um, this is, this lake does not belong to Caesar. And, um, I'm going to situate that in the context of a power struggle that you are going to, um, see more and more of over the coming years. Um, particularly, um, one of my great heroes is a man named Oren Lyons, who's a faith keeper um, of the Iroquois nation and uh, adopted into, I believe, the turtle clan from the wolf. And he has spent uh, most of his life trying to dialogue in uh, the United Nations to get the United Nations, um, the UNDRIP, which is uh, the United Nations um, Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And um, I will say up front that what he was going for, um, they didn't go for. I know um, that uh, there was a lot um, inside of this um, agreement that was not, or this declaration um, did not come to pass in the way that many Indigenous people would wish. Um, but it is a start, and there is some traction there, um, and it can be used in, um, in clever ways. And so um, something I'd like to talk about today is how, how do we um, correlate this narrative of Jesus' um, fish, fish miracles of abundance um, that um, stand in the face of the lie of scarcity and um, look at, for instance, what's happening here in Canada, particularly um, in the most obvious um, uh, case, the Ferry Creek blockade in, um, on Vancouver Island, where uh, the last of the old growth is at risk of being forested. And once it's gone, it's gone. And um, the profit margin is, um, is, a, is nothing in, in Kairos time. And, um, and these old growth trees are everything when it comes to quantum time. So um, there are people with that kind of long-term vision, but they also have um, a deep, deep history 
with laws that predate uh, the doctrine of discovery. So um, if any of you have read Mark Trowell's book um, and Sung Chan Ra's book, uh, uh, Unsettling Truths, The Ongoing Dehumanizing Legacy of the Doctrine of Discovery, if you haven't read it yet, please get a copy of it and read it because you're going to need to um, educate yourselves coming up as more and more people are drawing from their earlier, uh, more um, actually ancient um, laws that are more sovereign than the sovereignties that sit on top of them, the apparent sovereignties that sit on top of them. And um, if any of this language is, seems um, strange to you or um, uncomfortable, um, sit with it and get some of these books because um, I think what we're going to see over the coming years is a reclamation of um, places that um, ha- that are um, that belong under the stewardship of, of the true sovereigns, and um, and that we as um, Christians, as people who claim to follow this guy who um, situated himself in the way that he did. Um, we need to uh, really understand uh, what it means to be followers of this guy, Jesus, and uh, what that looks like in terms of how it aligns with what's happening um, today. And for me, I have no fear about it because it, it actually excites me because I've been reading all these books, Oneness versus the 1% by Vandana Shiva, um, Local is Our Future, uh, by uh, Helena, uh, Helena Norbert Hodges. And um, <clears throat> what Helena Norbert Hodges is getting at is exactly what would happen if indigenous people across this country um, and across the world um, reclaimed um, their um, more ancient laws that are actually um, uh, rooted in original instructions Um, that are connected to uh, the harmony and balance uh, of the planet. And so uh, by our fruits, we are known. And uh, I think it's pretty clear that the newer newer ways of doing things where all we are essentially is um, we are enslaved, every single one of us, to the GDP. And the GDP does not care um, if you are a left or a right-wing government. Um, the people, the, the government in British Columbia right now is far left, and they are sending in um, police helicopters and arresting matriarchal grandmothers and young indigenous women for obstruction, which to me is uh, perhaps one of the most ironic. Um, uh, irony knows no bounds, that's all I'll say. So it is Pentecost Sunday, and I want to be clear that There is a web of life that has never gone away in even in the midst and in spite of the industrial revolution and we are a part of it and we need to become allies and accomplices um, for people who are fighting for their rights. This is a part of the way justice must roll (laughs) and uh, that is the God that I follow. And that is um, the man that I follow in in Jesus and the woman I follow who followed Jesus so closely, Mary Magdalene. 
I'm going to play the Deer's Cry, my version of the Deer's Cry, which just pulls a little segment out of it because um, it is um, entirely um, a Pentecost. It's a Pentecost song for sure. So here goes. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beneath, Christ above, Christ on my right and on my left. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beneath, Christ above, Christ on my right and on my left. say a couple more things um, before I play the next song that is definitely a song uh, for Pentecost. Um, you know, um, 
You know that Pentecost, according to James Joyce, meant uh, here comes everybody. And um, Catholicity, or Catholic, actually means that as well, um, which is what he was talking about. And and um, getting back to Orin Lyons and this uh, this faith keeper, I went through a phase <laughs> where I literally watched every single video I could find where he was teaching and uh, including his speeches in the United Nations. Um, and um, and uh, one thing that uh, that I was reminded of when I what I wanted to speak about today is I'm going to totally botch it, but I'm just going to try and give a synopsis. Um, um, I once heard a woman tell a story about a prophecy, and she believed the prophecy had to do with the United Nations and um, and the different um, colors of people that um, she associated with the medicine wheel and how um, until um, the indigenous, the red um, part of the medicine wheel, the indigenous peoples um, were recognized by uh, United Nations, um, we would be seeing uh, an imbalance in the world because um, the problem is that it's very difficult to reach back into the ancient heritage of um, of our of our own original instructions when we have been essentially orphaned by them when we crossed the big water and didn't tell any stories about that. So this project that I'm going to be working on next year, the album and potentially a book, is going to be in service to that. And that I actually think as a daughter of the Christian household, um, it is a deep responsibility because um, often what happens when we get um, dis- disenchanted by state religion, we walk away and we don't do the deep work of digging. And, um, and sometimes what happens when that happens is really always um, we create a vacuum in ourselves and, um, and unless we're doing appropriate uh, uh, healing, Meaning, um, I think that there's a danger in the westernization of Eastern thought. There's a lost in translation there, and it doesn't mean that we don't learn from Eastern teachers, but um, there's a lot of appropriation of that that has gone on as well. Um, And I'm not saying everyone from the West who has um, been ordained is appropriating by any stretch, but there's there's a shallow... Um, westernized version of Eastern thought that can take place when we haven't done the work. As well, um, another more violent version of that is the cultural appropriation of the indigenous people's expressions of this land. And um, and I can say that I I believe um, it is a symptom of, of our unhealed wounds around the history of, of us being attached to a, to a violent history um, and also um, an appropriating history um, of land uh, in particular. And so, um, so this project is going to be attempting to do some healing work, but also um, um, acknowledge uh, some of the ways in which we have um, uh, tried to lick our wounds 
Um, and, and the way we've done that is by pulling um, on the resources of other people and making them even more devastated sometimes. So um, this song, um, it is, uh, it's scripture and it's prophetic and, um, and it is uh, really about here comes everybody and um, really based this in, um, in Richard Rohr's idea of the universal Christ as well. Um, because that the danger again of, of Pentecost is to, um, to privatize it. Um, and it is not a privatized thing. The spirit, um, the Christic uh, mystery um, has been animating. Uh, that's what I call it. It has been animating this story um, for a very, very, very long time. So thank you so much. I hope any of this made any sense to you. Um, please stay with me as I go through um, more unlearning and uh, more truth-telling and more healing from my own history um, that is attached to a violent um, overtaking uh, by colonial Canada in my case. So pray for me too. And for all of the people that are climbing old growth forest trees in British Columbia, risking their lives and being shot out um, by rubber bullets, um, indigenous people who, um, who belong on that land. So thank you. I will pour I will pour I will pour out my spirit upon all upon all upon all people speak and be Hear and understand Speak and be understood Hear and understand I will pour I will pour I will pour out my spirit upon all, upon all, upon all people. Speak and be understood.
Well, that's it for this week's Sunday Song and Rumination radio show. I'm your host, Alana Lewandowski. Be sure to subscribe to this, give it a review, and most importantly, please send me an audio message. I would love to hear from you. I'm sure that your words could be more profound than my own, so your message may end up on a future episode. Until then, I'm signing off in the deep peace. Thank you.